0: Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Mark Purcell. And I'm Timothy Plain. Each week we discuss filmmaking topics and give you our point of view on them, not as experts, but just as two filmmakers trying to figure it out for ourselves. And this week we have a very special guest, very different flavor of guests, I'd have to say, than we normally do, which is really fantastic. We've got Brian and Marlon of the, not the Horror Equity Fund, (laughs) Brian and (laughs) Marlon of Horror Equity Fund. Uh, Welcome, guys. Good Good morning. morning. How
1: are you? Good morning. So, um, hold on, before we go any further, we should figure out some way to differentiate who is who for uh, everyone listening.
2: I'm I'm shorter. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay so brian's a shorter one so when you see the shorter one talking you know
3: it's brian that's and one. i'm the one without a mic so if you can then hear you, me oh yeah you're, you're screwed <laughs> right.
1: we've already established this right. so. so marlon <laughs> has the shitty mic yeah. and then brian has the nice sounding uh, snowball yeah. that's yeah, right
0: that's, that's easy that works <laughs> um okay I, I have i have
2: the radio voice yeah Definitely.
0: <laughs> so, okay, guys. I mean, I want to hear all about the, the, you know, the fund and everything and what you do with your company. But first, can we just get a little brief background on each of you? Like, Brian,
2: go first. Like, give us the like sure. really
0: quick one minute like the intro one minute pitch.
2: You. Okay. So, yeah. uh, I I've been in Los Angeles uh, since 1978. I came out as a as an actor and failed sideways. Uh, became a writer. Um worked in television on shows like um, Tour of Duty, which was about the Vietnam War, and Murder, She Wrote, and wrote, uh, became a staff writer on the show Blossom, wrote some very special episodes of Blossom.
1: Man, you're, you're speaking um, my childhood right now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I went from that, uh, did a bunch of uh, episodes of uh, Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and um uh, then from television, went into writing features and had uh, uh, then got into producing, produced and and or written about half a dozen features. And uh, that's basically my, my career path. So it's um, an
1: overnight success.
2: An overnight success. And in the meantime, I've been teaching screenwriting for about 30 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where do you teach? Um, I started off teaching at a place called Writer's Boot Camp. And then segued from there to UCLA Extensions for about 10 years. And for the last 10 years, I've been teaching at Boston University in Los Angeles. Awesome.
3: Yeah. But, Br- but Brian's the kind of guy that if you're stopped at a stoplight for too long and you have an open window, he'll he'll, he'll give you a lecture.
2: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, like willing, to- <laughs> I'm willing to teach anything. And, and awesome. by the so way, like it's to well worth it.
3: His classes are, are, are rather amazing. I've uh, been lucky enough to be invited to speak at a few. And uh, uh, he's also an author of a terrific book. Brian, you should talk about your oh, book. Oh, yes.
2: I, I, I did write a textbook called Process to Product, a practical guide for the screenwriter. And uh, it's one of the things that I use in my in my classes. And uh, I like it. Nice. We'll awesome. Check it out. I haven't read yeah. that one.
0: Not me neither. Um, well, I'm going to hold off from asking all the questions I want to ask about what you just said, and we're okay. going to move over to Marlon. And Marlon, you give us our, your little uh, one-minute bio. Uh, well, compared to what Brian just said, I
3: probably have been just lounging around for the last 30 Ugh. years. Um, but I'll try. Oh, pshaw. Uh, or, origi- originally from Brooklyn, I came out here about 26, 27 years ago. Uh, I'm a New York attorney. Uh, wanted to get out of law, so I came out here to uh, investigate the industry and to, quote, produce, whatever that meant. Uh, I've worked for uh, the studio system for a number of years and then went uh, to, uh, I was always interested in technology and its use, uh, so I pitched to Bandai, the entertainment company, a new way of distribution and production of uh, anime. And in fact, uh, I was one of the key executives to introduce anime. At that time, it was called Japanimation uh, into the United States and uh, created a bit of a following. I used to go to Comic-Con and have trails of uh, costumed people following me around for days. Um, But I brought in Gundam and Esclafoné and Clamp School and other things and produced it for the American market and uh, also was involved in the writing and production of Tamagotchi, the video, which actually reached very high in the kids' uh, video land. Um, I was enamored of communities and the powers that they have. I learned that from uh, building Anime Village, which is uh, what I built for Bandai and was hugely successful. Um, and since that time have been trying to integrate new types of technology with empowering communities and individual industries. So uh, worked for various studios and then founded Horror Equity Fund with the idea of uh, empowering and centralizing a bit of the horror community, um, specifically in independent film.
1: Well, let's use that as a segue into Horror Equity Fund and what you guys do together. You guys are here to talk about that, so if you can just give us like the one-minute
3: brief on that. Uh, Horror Equity Fund, this is Marlon speaking, Uh, Horror Equity Fund is a company that discovers, develops, assists in the funding, and accelerates to market horror-centric projects, mainly films, but we also do uh, VR, AR games, uh, merchandising, publishing, etc. We are sort of executive producers for hire, um, and we come in and uh, do everything that is necessary to bring a project to market.
1: So when you say for hire, that means... Regardless of what you think about the content, like I could just pay you to be on my no, movie. I'll let Brian. I'll,
3: I'll let Brian talk about uh, content specifically. He's the CCO, uh, Chief Creative Officer. I'm the CEO of the company, but... Uh, quality is is king and brian talk about okay because i was gonna say
1: like the hardest part for us as filmmakers a lot of times is like finding the people that have access to help us get our movies made and then the next hurdle is to convince them to help us out so i I got excited for a little bit i was like i don't have to convince somebody
2: no you have to convince us unfortunately sorry about that the problem the problem (laughs) is our company is really founded on the basis of taking care of the investor because, uh, and a lot of this comes from our background. Mine is a, as an independent producer and Marlon's in the industry that, you know, we see time after time after time uh, filmmakers, young and old, that have a passion for their project and are going to get it made come hell or high water, and they do, and then that has drained money and resources out of the industry that will never return. Because they didn't think about what happens afterwards. How do I get the money back? How do I pay back my investor? All they think about is I got to get my film made. So we look at the profitability of a project. So the first thing we do is we want to know, is it a concept or a story that is going to work for our our brand? And if the answer is yes, then we want to look at the script. And we scrutinize the script and say, is this a script that's potentially profitable? Um, My mantra is that, you can make a great film from a great script. You can make a bad film from a from a great script, but you can't make a great script uh, great film from a bad script. So you got to start with a great script. Um, if there's a wonderful package behind it, if you have incredible cast, you have a great director, you have a producer with vision that are already involved in the story and the and the and the concept, um, that raises it up the ladder a little bit, but basically we look at script first. And we do we do uh, try and be extremely selective because again, we're we're going to represent to investors that this is a project that we believe will bring money back to you.
1: Yeah. I I feel like everyone kind of understands that a script has to be good in order for the movie to be good. But I, I think one of the hardest parts is knowing whether or not your script is good. How do you judge whether or not a script is good?
3: Well, what we do is when we bring in, when we see a a, a synopsis, um, and as Brian said, we ultimately ask for the script, we go through a rather rigorous reading program that we've set up at Hara Equity Fund, and we analyze it from a number of different ways. Uh, By the way, just piggybacking on something that Brian said, one of the projects that we we took on early, uh, we were especially enamored of the marketing plan. Uh, it was a uh, science fiction horror pot movie, and uh, it was. I going watched to the be, trailer to that yesterday. It's a yeah. terrific little film, Starleaf, and uh,
1: the best <clears throat> line is. Um... People say that marijuana is
3: a gateway drug,
1: and in this case, it is. It's a portal to another dimension.
3: Right. Well, it's I, I highly recommend the film. And my point about it is that uh, there is actually a strain of marijuana in Washington named after the film, and uh, it was being sold in some pot shops in, in the movie I'm talking about. Uh, so we were intrigued by being the first people to uh, have a film produced and sold uh, inside pot shops. Uh, so that was... Now, that... Standing alone wouldn't have gotten us involved, but the script was good. The people were incredibly impa- uh, impassioned about it. Uh, and so the film came out, we, we think, really wonderfully. Um, it was a micro-budget film, and uh, number two is being planned at this point.
1: So when you have a project like that, how do you look at the script and say, this is a good script? This is this is something that... I guess, that, I, guess I have two questions, actually, that kind of come off of that. When you look at a script and you say, this is a good script, is it, this is a good script because it's going to make an entertaining movie and entertaining movies ultimately make money, or this is a good script because I know how to market it?
2: Uh, This is Brian. Let me, let me address that a little bit. Um, The answer to both of those questions are are yes. Um, You know, a script that's really well-written, that has a good story, that's compelling is going to reach an audience uh, more easily than a script that isn't well, well well-written and in addition to that, we look at it and say, do we know how to sell this? So for instance, one of the reasons we like to see a synopsis and a and an overview in advance of looking at the script is because we don't want to fall in love, in love with great writing and a story that we can't sell. So if it's, you know, something that's really well-written, but it's really derivative, that's going to be more difficult than something that's original, uh, something that captures the imagination, something that's very visceral. So. When You know, uh, unfortunately, and, and, you know, this goes back to you guys as, as filmmakers and and having come from that background as well, it's one of the sad realities is it's extremely, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not subjective. It's, it, you know, everybody has an opinion about what's good and what isn't good. And, uh, you know, you have to find somebody who agrees with your opinion that what you've written or what you've got is good. And that's one of the problems why, you know, People have such difficulty. One of the differences, studios, um, you know, the larger production companies, they have a, a real system that's designed for the independent filmmaker to fail because they have all these kind of um, watermarks in place that you have to hit in terms of you know their profitability margins. Ours are are more simplistic in terms of: Do we like the script? Do we think it's a good story? Are we are we compelled by it? Does it interest us? Because we feel if it interests us and we like the project that it's going to interest others.
3: Nice. I, I should yeah. also say that we, what we do pretty early on once we decide or in the process of deciding whether or not to take on a project, we go to various um, consultants that we have and we, uh, and distribution companies that with, with whom we have uh, relationships and we sort of reverse engineer uh, the script we will take it we'll show it to them and say well with the, at this budget with this basic sort of cast that we're thinking of this story can you distribute it how, how 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 does that work and they'll give us feedback and we'll go to more than one uh depending on the project and get feedback and we'll bring that information back to the screenwriters uh, and talk to them about why the distributors wanted this etc and what we do is we don't obviously force the changes, but what we're doing in effect is getting the opinion of the distributors so that if changes are made uh, according to what they want or close enough, then they'll give us, whether it's an MG, a minimum guarantee or uh, some sort of commitment, loose or hard to distribute the film. And we're doing this for a number of reasons. We're doing it to see the acceptability of the project in the marketplace and to improve it, and we're also doing it so that if we get some sort of letter, even if it's something as simple as an LOI, which generally are worthless, but even if we get some interest from distributors, we can go to uh, funding sources, uh, whether internal or external, and say, this film, if made, won't end up in someone's closet. It will be made and it will be distributed and you have a chance of getting your money back and making profits again this goes back to what Brian said about uh, we try to point the company towards the investor and as a result of that looking out for the investor uh, we hopefully come out with a better product a more saleable product and uh, uh, one that supports the content creator
1: yeah so what I'm hearing right now is that Horror Equity Fund, as it exists, is kind of acting more like a production company,
2: right? Yeah.
0: What's the
1: difference? Yeah, That's
2: we, what I want to know. Like, what what,
0: what, what, yeah,
1: what makes you guys yeah, different? And, yeah. Yeah, where are you
2: headed, maybe? There are a couple of differences. One is we don't, as a rule, produce the projects that we bring in. Oh, we're, okay. we're more, we like to think of it more like we are a studio without the overhead. So... We then find the the team to put together, or producers come to us to get their projects made. Nice.
3: And then, what, like Th- that being said, we will, uh, and we've done it already, uh, cherry pick a project if we are not particularly enamored of a project. We'll take it on ourselves and make plans to uh, produce it within horror equity fund.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. so you'll uh, produce a movie as well separately, then from the fund. As filmmakers, or as part of the fund, or
3: how does it work? Yes, exactly. (laughs) As part of Horror Equity Fund, we will produce the occasional. Now, obviously, um, like in any other situation, uh, an SPV, uh, 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 an entity, is formed to produce that particular film, but Horror Equity Fund will be the originator, the original producer. Um, We have a film called uh, Don't Let the Bedbugs Bite, which we're planning on producing, and uh, we're uh, investigating an AR VR game hookup with it as well. Uh, we liked it. We thought it could be done economically. Uh, we think it has great broad appeal and it's sort of a little bit of a retro feel to it. And that's the first one that we've taken on to produce ourselves.
0: Nice. And, and how are you finding these projects? Like, are they just like through connections of people that, you know, are people pitching to you? Like, how, how are your projects um, come to you? Have you dined out in Los Angeles? Right, right, okay, everybody everywhere has a project. Right? <laughs> we haven't
3: even opened our doors and we get <laughs> tremendous amount of scripts. Uh, we will be opening our doors uh, relatively soon and we'll have a number of ways of bringing projects in, not just through, quote, the pros, and they'll have their own path but we'll also are planning a uh, a crowdsourcing situation where people can post scripts or synopses and uh they'll be voted on uh, much like actually amazon does things like this and, and a couple of other companies we've taken a page from that uh and we'll look at projects when they reach a certain level of uh of, of voting
1: mm-hmm. so what's your ultimate goal with horror equity fund where do you guys want to be with it
2: I was going to say world domination, Mark. Oh, okay. you me day? to it. Yeah. once Yeah, again. that's
1: great. Of course, that's <laughs> um, everyone's
2: goal, right? I, a know,
1: household
3: name, but we're
1: a, exactly. a household name. Everyone knows who we are.
3: I, I think that if we can centralize a bit of the horror world and make well, we we actually have this uh, uh, little saying inside the company, and, and that we're this that uh, it's that we're producing a new kind of app, app. It's access. Uh, participation, profit. And it's not an app that you generally use on your phone or your desktop, although will be accessible that way. But we're trying to uh, provide uh, access to uh, investment, access to resources, um, to fans, to investors, to content creators, participation the same way, and profits for everyone as well. You uh, can throw in a little bit of fun because we're going to build the Federation of HARA, which will be a, a community, that, an aggregation community that will be connected to HARA Equity Fund. And, and that's where chats will go on and resources will be posted and information and news. And we're working with a number of uh, not yet to be announced uh, partners, uh, strategic partners to supply us with. Uh, news and information and uh, resources. Uh, we'll also have a casting fund uh, and we'll have a PA and a fund attached to the company as well. You know, Brian can talk a little bit about that. Um, but ultimately what we want to do is have this system of genre-specific funding and an acceleration to market part of a larger group, which would be called the genre entertainment holdings. Uh, which is a company that we have, and Horror Equity Fund will be one of the first is the first company to hang off of that mother company, Genre Entertainment Holdings. And we'll do this for a, faith-based films, uh, action right. films, etc. So et cetera.
1: is the is the idea like if so I'm so if, an, I, if I'm an investor and I have money and I want to invest in a horror film, but I don't really have a a a place to go to find that horror film. The idea would be I'd come to you and I'd say. Hey, I have $10,000 that I want to invest in a horror film. I want to put it into your fund and you bring me the projects. Like You you mix my money up with a bunch of other investors' money. Yep. You guys develop projects. Then you come to me and tell me which projects do you think would be good for the what I'm looking for?
3: No, no a, a, if I may, we're sort of a mutual fund uh, at, at the company level. We, we will eventually be a portal where individual films can be selected by individuals to invest in. But... At the at the threshold, what we are is a mutual fund. You put money into Hara Equity Fund, and you have experienced professionals and strategic partners and consultants all looking for the best projects um, across the board. And your risk is mitigated. we're always about mitigation of risk for the investor, because your ten thousand dollars, if it's that amount, goes into the overall. Uh, company itself, and we oh, select got it. not uh, into a
1: specific specific film, but into let's say no. uh, a ten a slate of ten films that are coming out. R-
3: right, and th- and some of them may be produced by us, some of them may be produced by other people. Uh, that's generally is the latter, uh, and we believe that's the best way because your investment will reflect uh, the highs and the lows, and will be a little bit more steady much like in a mutual fund, whether it be stocks or bonds or things of that nature, where you may not uh, experience the, the utter thrills of the super highs, but you also don't have the downside risk.
1: Right. But as an investor, what's the why would I put my money into this mutual fund rather than one that's based on the stock market? Because well, are films a bad investment? Can I,
2: I, I can answer that. Um, if you look at... The last seven years and you go and you, you do a, a search and you find what is the highest ROI film, uh, the, the say the top 12 highest ROI films, return on investment films in the last seven years. Every single one of them is horror, every last one. And when you look at the return on investment, we're talking percentages from the high hundreds of percentages to thousands. Um, so that you know, starting with paranormal activity and going through uh, it and Annabelle. Um, the, and, the yet, new Anna. and, and, and yet
3: people, the general public does not have access, do not have access to invest in these films. Um, you can invest sometimes in a production company. Uh, you can invest in a particular film if you're a high net worth individual. but generally, the general population does not have access. To the excitement of Hollywood, of independent, uh, of uh, the quote-unquote glamour, and more importantly, the potential profits uh, that are there as well. Just by law, they're not; they don't have the access, and by uh, by numbers, they don't have the access. And we mm-hmm. are the first right. people to really allow the general public to come in and participate in the game.
0: So, are you guys saying that horror is actually a good investment right now, or are you saying that it just? It, Compared to other film investments, horror is the better bet to put your money well, into.
2: Here's, here's one of the things you want to look at and consider. Uh, we believe, first of all, that horror is, is a good investment. But secondarily, that we're taking that good investment and we're going to put our expertise into helping find those projects that are going to be potentially profitable. So by doing that, we're increasing the odds that the projects that we bring in are going to be successful so that's why come to us as opposed to you know going to some other place and trying to throw your money down uh, <laughs> into the garbage I mean we're not we're not stock investors
3: we're not invested in advisors in any way um, so in our corner of the world we want people to invest in entertainment whether or not a particular investment uh, in, into entertainment, into horror, into this or that, into bus companies, into Uber, into is good for any particular individual. That's up to them and, and their investment in uh, analysis or their, their people that they bring on to examine what their risk-reward ratio is, 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 is worth for them. Um, but within the entertainment world in which we're in, we're trying to make it the best investment that you can by mitigating the risk across uh, numerous projects that are not coming out of one place and we're doing that with uh, the professionals that we have in the company with our strategic partners and with our consultants
1: it's really cool i've I've never heard of this existing before is this something that you guys have created or are there other examples of these kind of mutual fund for for films that
3: that i think this is in the way that we're creating it and especially with a an associated aggregation community in which we can market and we can get information, Uh, this is the first time to my knowledge that this has been done. There's other companies that like horror, there's other companies that will produce horror, but we're allowing and we're inviting other people, other content creators to come in and uh, create through the resources that we're going to provide
0: yeah but there's other film equity funds like you know that's isn't that a pretty common thing like i've I know of a few that I've talked to in the last you know six months, so I mean, I, I don't really know much about it. That's why I'm really glad that you guys are on here to kind of explain exactly what they do and and why they exist. I mean, I mean obviously you kind of did a good job of, of explaining that just now, but you know i I kind of, yeah, I'm kind of curious about about these equity funds well, and how you know to be a part of them, really. <laughs>
3: equity funds for the most part and and brian you may know more about this than i but to my knowledge and my experience equity funds are really um traditional equity funds are money-based they're interested in finding an investment and they put their money into it and uh off, off they go we're interested in really working with the community working with the content creator and mitigating the risk for the investor at the same time so while much of what we've been talking about is mitigation of risk, and uh, care to the investor, in effect, what we're doing by developing a script, by analyzing it, by putting the teams together, et cetera, um, that goes far beyond what a traditional equity fund would do.
2: Yeah. Again, I think we're more analogous to a studio without the overhead. And in terms of the, the equity funds that are, that are out there, um, it's if you've ever been in a dark room and you're hearing cockroaches skitter, and you turn on the light, and they disappear. Um, to me, that's that's my kind of analogy for for finding equity. <laughs> there, it's a it's one of the most difficult pieces of uh, that a filmmaker has to face. So finding those equity partners, they're of course uh, very focused on the profits and bringing back a return on the investment to their people as well, which tells you something. There, you know, the the film industry is a. Is a multi-multi-billion-dollar industry. It's not a small industry, and it brings a lot of, of work into a community. It, uh, you know, there are there are states all over the United States and and countries all over the world that will bring uh, productions in and give them a huge incentive to shoot in their area because it has such an economic impact and. You got to think about it. It's like, you know, when you go to Las Vegas and you look at the hotels, you don't think, gosh, these guys are really hurting for money. You think they're doing pretty good. The film industry is doing just fine. And, you know, it is a good investment when you know who to invest with. And it, and when you have somebody that you can trust and believe is looking out for your best interest.
1: Yeah. Hey, Ulrich, so I'm curious to know, you said that you're you're reaching out to equity funds right now. Like,
0: how is well, that going? How are you doing I talked to a now? couple very terribly um, and uh, one ac- one actually emailed me directly after seeing one of my oh, short wow. films. And they're like, oh yeah, we are interested in um, you know providing equity or, or partial equity for um, for film f- financing or whatever. Uh, do you have any projects that you'd uh, be interesting to, pre- to present? And then like you know within ten seconds, I send you know the synopsis for my movie and my my lookbook and all this <laughs> stuff. And then I don't hear back for you know two weeks. I followed up again. Uh, and then they're like, oh yes, please send the script. I sent the script, and yeah, you know crickets, right? Like cockroaches scattering, <laughs> same thing. Yeah. And then I had another phone call with another the company. Um, and, uh, you know, it was the uh, classic, yeah, that sounds great. Oh, your project's just what we're looking for. Oh, budget range is exactly what we want to get into. Oh, you sound like the kind of filmmaker you, we want to work with. Send the stuff, n- nothing. You know, checking in every every month, no I, I'm response. Interested, I'm, so, I'm interested you know. <laughs> in knowing
3: when you sent the script in, did they have you sign any papers? No. Well, see, there, no. there's something that you should be aware of. We're very careful, yeah. even though, because we do occasionally produce, but even when we weren't intending on producing, we always ask for the synopsis first, and then only if we're interested do we have a, uh, a screenwriter sign a release which only allows us to read it. Um, and I would encourage anybody that may be listening to this podcast um, never to send a script uh, without some sort of a release uh yeah signed. do you think
1: now that these equity funds are have Ulrich's project and they're like yeah we have this amazing script the alternate you, you, you know, you know something? yeah but
0: it but I, but it's registered to me like you know i got a copyrighted registered the whole deal like but what can no, they do? but then, Can they really then steal it? they
1: just have it there so it looks like they have a slate of all these projects that they have access to exactly and then if they right. can raise the money then they come to you and say hey Ulrich uh, Great news! We found somebody to invest in your movie. So really, you're just you're just giving them material
0: to go out and sell. Ah, uh, I see. They're they're going to be able to use my material to pitch if they yeah, want to. There's, right?
3: there's ways of doing things yeah. and there's ways of doing things. And and a uh, horror equity fund was founded on. Very much the credo of honesty, transparency, and integrity, and it's all over our website. And there, it, it used to be on the on the bottom of every single page. Then we redid the website, and it's now it's shot through. But it's um, not on every. So single much for page. honesty. Um, yeah. No, it's it's very very important. <laughs> One of the the part of the genesis of this company was that uh, I was tired of uh, worrying and or actually getting. Uh, uh, stabbed in the back proverb, you know, uh, uh, not literally figuratively of course, but in this town, this town, Hollywood is known uh, rightfully or wrongfully for uh, uh, people uh, for for the equivalent of vaporware and even more so people taking projects etc. And I was quite frankly tired of it. I didn't like it. It's not the way I like doing business and I took a long time before Uh, Brian came on board because he's that same kind of individual and those are the people that we want to work with. Um, Those are the screenwriters that we want to work with. Those are the uh, game developers that we want to work with and those are the people that we are in fact working with. That's Um, great.
1: You should come up to San Francisco and and hang out with us. There's a lot of people like you up here. (laughs)
0: Uh, Okay, but um, (laughs) anyways, what I'm trying to say. say, (laughs) So so the so basically the message to filmmakers is like don't just start sending your script out without getting a release form signed first uh, by the company. Is that is that what we should be doing? Or I mean, because my whole thing is like if I'm lucky enough for someone to read my script. I'd would rather have that happen than you know me hold on to it and be scared that someone's gonna rip it off. Like I, I kind of you know I have my script out in the world for people to see. It's on my website. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe, is it the wrong approach to have? Should I don't know, I be know if more it's careful? right or wrong,
3: but um,
0: I think there's.
3: I think one should look at the way a particular company does business, and uh, I think that was Timothy before uh, that said that companies can aggregate a bunch of scripts and then basically build their company on the basis of scripts uh, I, I don't know if how much how true that is but it is possible uh if you have the opportunity to have it being read I, I think that's generally a good thing but then tell me why they wouldn't have some sort of a release or why wouldn't well, you have a
2: paper trail you know actually I, i'm i'm gonna take a slightly different perspective coming from a little bit more of the the writer's background and sure you know I, i'm along with you guys you know i i'm of the school of thought of hey you know Somebody wants me. I'm I'm so happy. Let me let me give it to him. But there are ways, and and you know, Marlon can certainly speak on this as well. That there are ways to protect yourself a little bit beyond the idea that if they don't ask you for a release, it doesn't mean that they're going to rip you off. It just means that you know maybe they don't think about it. But but if they don't have a release, one thing you can do is you can have uh, information on the cover of your script that basically says that this is mine you can't re- you can't give it to anyone else without my permission you can't um, uh, copy it you can't use any part of it without you know uh, paying me for it and that there are disclaimers you can put on the front of your script that basically uh, are kind of an ipso facto uh, release form for yourself in other words to protect your work I, and you I, should I think that- and you should do that And you should also have it copywritten.
3: Right. And I I, I was going to say that. uh, And I I believe, uh, Alric, you said that uh, your script was uh, uh, registered to yourself, which really doesn't have any legal consequence. But uh, but you copyrighted it also, I assume, with the U.S. Copyright Office. Uh, Right. Yeah, exactly. At least you've done that. And that's the single most important thing you can do. Too many scripts are uh, uh, not copywritten not registered with the U.S. Copyright Office, or people think they still, it's unbelievable to me, but they still think that merely registering it with the Writers Guild is sufficient or merely mailing it to themselves is sufficient. It isn't, and uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely talking from underneath my, uh, my, li- my lawyer hat right now. Um, but yes, Brian's correct. You can do all those things and you can protect yourself uh, and get your script writ- uh, read, that's important. But again, there's ways of doing business and there's ways of doing business. I'm gonna take the legal hat off and, and say, just be
0: be aware of who and where you're sending your script and keep track of it. Right, um, so first off, can you send us this this uh, legal ease that you'd put on the front of the script so we can share with our audience? Because I think that would be a really helpful
2: tool for filmmakers to have, uh, if you're willing to share. Yeah, I, I Actually, I have it on uh, some of my properties, and I'll be happy to make a copy of it, send it off to you. That'd be I'm, awesome. I'll, I'll and then redact a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the second question is... So I listen to a lot of Script Notes podcasts. I don't know if you guys are familiar with those guys, but, you know, they do that writing podcast, um, you know, John August and Craig Mason or whatever. But they talk a lot about, like, what you should and shouldn't put on the front of your, your script on your title page. Uh-huh. And uh, a lot of times they say, like, you only should put your email because, like, people put their phone number, people put their, their WGA registration number, people put all this other stuff. And whenever you do that, oh, it just screams like you're a novice. It screams that you have no experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just wondering, like, putting it disclaimer on the front of your script like is that going to just make you stand out in a bad way or is that more like oh no this this person's actually like just protecting
2: themselves you know I, it's if the script is good all is forgiven so um, <laughs> exactly you know right. i i don't think you know th- there are you know when i started uh teaching and writing there were people that would write um when, when the Mac first came out, it had only one font. And the people that wrote their scripts on Mac, I, I know producers that would throw those scripts in the trash because, hey, it was written on a Mac, I'm not interested. So, you know, there's wow, a, there, that's crazy. there are all kinds of reasons for people not to read a script. And, yeah, you don't want to give them an excuse... But the fact of the matter is, if I'm if if I am a producer and I'm looking for material and somebody sends me a script and it has a disclaimer on it or has a phone number on it or it has, uh, you know, a picture of Mickey Mouse on it, um, I may look at that and go, well, that's pretty amateurish. But once I start reading, if the script is good, I'm going to forget all about what's on the cover page.
3: Now, now you see, if I see a script with Mickey Mouse's picture on the front, I go, oh my god. Uh, I don't want Disney after me. Did he get, did he get a license yeah. to use the picture? <laughs> um, so, so Brian's point is uh, well taken. Funny. Um, you never know what's going to be off putting to somebody. I, I would never suggest, um, <clears throat> people writing a, you know, a treatise of protection on the front of their, of, of their script, because someone could easily say, well, this, this person's going to be a pain in the butt. Um, but but who knows? I think reasonable, like everything else, reasonable protections are okay. Um, and 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 uh, again, know know who you're sending it out to. And if you're really concerned about it, put it on the
2: second page.
0: Oh, there you go. So like it's that. it's not front and center. It's like it's there, but it's not like you know whatever being an eyesore and like making you stand out in a bad way. Yeah, no one, one ever page. talks about the second page. They only talk about <laughs> the first page. That's right. Yeah,
1: they so put it right under <laughs> your dedication, dedicated to my wife Beth, and then right exactly. underneath that,
0: all your legalese. <laughs> right, and I'm by, I'm by reading this,
1: and, and, and I'm up. going to
3: <laughs> let it slide when you say legalese as if it's a bad thing.
0: Uh, (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. I'm not trying to say it's a bad thing. I mean, yeah. I've got a, a lawyer for my project, so you know I'm I am all about the legalese. There you go. It's just, uh, there you go. You know, sometimes people like I, I have some like wordage like that on my executive uh, summary on the in the like the second page of my my pitch book, and then one filmmaker who read it was like, "Oh, too much legalese for me. Oh, keep that out of this this, <laughs> this document." But it's like I I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like if this is in in effect also my business plan. I should have some sort of le- legal jargon on there, you know, just to like kind of make it seem you know, official. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, business. Yeah, no, I, I, I got I, I got a, I got some stuff on here. I,
3: I understand <laughs> and it is a business. It's, you know, I'm sure you've had other people to say the same thing on the podcast. It's show business. And and again, that goes back to what our equity funds about. We it's it's great to have people that are impassioned about their projects. But if they get to produce them somehow by hook or by crook, um, whether it be a, a game or, a, in this case, films that we're talking about, um, you have to have an end game. You have to have a middle and end game. the The end game is not the finishing of the script and you know, putting the uh, uh, the film into the can, as, as right. the expression goes. I'm curious it's to
1: know uh, in Europe, in both of your opinions, how much a filmmaker should think about the business aspect of it, and like when they come to you guys how much do you expect to see like all both Ulrich and i have kind of these pitch books that we put together that talk about the project as a you know overall idea and synopsis and breaks down some of our casting choices that we'd make and the look and tone and feel plus also some ideas about how we would get it distributed in the end and make the money back based on our budgets is that something that you guys feel like all filmmakers should be doing, or if you're just a screenwriter, just focus on making the best story and then have somebody else think about the business.
3: You should always, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know Brian has things to talk about uh, in this particular subject, but let me, let me say that you should always get and present the best script you can. That's the most single most important thing. Everything else can be added on, can be worked on, can be adapted, etc. cetera. Uh, even scripts are developed over a period of time but if that's what you're doing if you're a writer we expect you to be to present the best project possible and a lot of the other stuff is what we do is why you reach out and you say okay i got this great script what do we do with it yeah. but brian i'm sure you
2: have yeah like i mean marlin's hit it kind of right on the head the, the you know you do what you do and you do the best that you can with that the, if you have the ability to put together a a compelling package um, you know that absolutely adds some value to the way that it's you know the way that it's viewed but it doesn't it doesn't change the core of I'm a writer I've written a great script I know many writers and I've worked with many writers and you know they're they they don't have any interest in producing. They don't have any interest in anything. They just want to hand somebody their script and have that script get made. And they do. That's what they do, and they do it beautifully. So they're not involved in putting together a pitch package. They're not involved in you know who's my casting wish list. They may be involved in who's cast uh, at some point, but they're not. They're not concerned about anything but writing the best script they can write. Um, if you have the ability and you're you know really adept at that, then for by all means add whatever bells and whistles you can add to, if you have contacts and you're, you know, Angelie Jolie is your best friend, get her on board. Why not?
3: That, that being, right. that being said, uh, when we've had projects in every, virtually every state submitted to us. And if we like a script, um, it gives us a better idea of what the screenwriter is trying, what their vision may be. Uh, if they give us a lookbook, if they give us possible casting choices, etc. cetera. Um, but personally, I, I don't, unless something's locked in for them, I, I don't really care what they would imagine their distribution methodology would be. Um, it depends on the project as it ultimately is produced. Um, and their wish list is just that. It's a wish list. It doesn't mean that that's the practical way of doing it. It's the right way of doing it, et cetera. But it does give us a, a, a better feel for what the screenwriter, how, how that screenwriter views uh, his or her project.
2: Yeah, and Marlon yeah. also mentioned that you know he. This is a lot of the work that we do. So, if, for instance, the the script that it mentioned earlier, uh, "Don't Let the Bed Bugs Bite." That was just a script. There was no producer attached. There was no lookbook. There was no. And we put together the lookbook. We you know put together the casting wish list. We're talking to other sources of talent. So that's that's where we come in if that work is partially done we we also did a budget for it you know so that if that work is already partially done it may make our job a little bit easier but we still have to we still have to go through and and really you know scrutinize everything that comes in in any case so
0: yeah I just think that having like you know your budget your your pitch book together all that stuff like having like some sort of poster that you've thrown together i think all that stuff just kind of in my mind that like what i hope it does is make people think that you're more professional you're more serious that you actually believe in this project and you want to get it made and then hopefully somebody looking at one of these materials will help them uh decide to read to read your script because yeah, it, i feel like getting someone to read your scripts the hardest thing it, comes, you know?
3: it it comes it comes down to the quality of the script though i was smiling as you were saying what you were saying i can't tell you how many packages we've reviewed that have lookbooks and posters and uh, they've even shot a little scene, uh, which sometimes is useful. And the script was just horrific and (laughs) and not in a good way. But did Uh,
1: those materials help you get in uh, or maybe made you decide to read the script more than another project?
2: actually yeah i mean there have been there have been scripts that we've taken in because we've gone wow this looks really interesting it's an interesting concept they've done a nice job on their lookbook it looks professional but again the the you know we then run headlong into a brick wall when we read a script and it's no, you know <laughs> right. it doesn't work but but one of the things i will say about that is you know a good lookbook uh, you know nicely presented absolutely helps Make sure it's a good look lookbook, nicely presented. Because we also get lookbooks that we look at it and go, "This looks terrible." You know that the, the artwork doesn't look good, the way it's laid out doesn't look good, the synopsis is full of typos and doesn't read well. Those things are going to have a negative effect. So, you know, if right, you're not right. at, you know, better to give us a raw script that's terrific than to give us a poorly presented package and and that, so, in,
3: and that includes typos I got to tell you how off-putting typos and a badly presented physically presented script is doesn't mean sometimes we can't you know look past it but it's very off-putting when we have professionals putting their time in reading scripts doing analysis doing uh, you know uh, doing coverage and it blocks the flow of the ideas of what that creator is trying to get across
2: that's sad but true and and coming from somebody that's terrible at you know proofing his own work i can tell you that you know you you will miss typos and things and they will they will appear in your script in the ugliest moments of your of your movie so uh, you definitely want to have somebody a third eye look at your material and make sure that it's properly presented
0: yeah i have two people proofread for typos specifically um on everything <laughs> cuz like i do it and i i miss them and then you know i i got to have yeah, I gotta have those eyeballs because that's, that's my nightmare too, is to like have a typo in, in things. And no matter how hard you try, it's, it seems like you always have one, you know? Man, I, and, and I,
2: I I feel you, brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I had a question. Um, what the hell was it? It was about, um, mm, gosh, give me one second. I had a total brain fart. Oh.
3: Timothy Let's just t- raised his hand
0: Lookbooks, so he's going
1: <laughs> to looks look books
0: or uh, funding something oh, about yeah. your movie. I don't know. Oh, well, here's here's a question. So basically, this kind of is more of a basic question, but like when you're looking at projects, do, do you only um, take in uh projects that you're going to fully fund or do you guys are you partial funders of of projects? Like how does that part of it work?
3: Brian, you want to take this or yeah.
2: Yeah, um, we we run the gamut. So basically, we love to see project come to us with some equity in place. Um, we have the ability, and we have contacts uh, sources that can do um, all kinds of you know magic with their financial dealings and and put together budgets uh, and projects with about thirty percent in place. They can finish that off. So. Um, we'd love to see projects that come to us and they already have money in place that that's a great thing, but we're also (laughs) willing, we're also willing to look at projects from, from soup to nuts. Um, you know, one of the things we're doing is we're about to put together a raise for the company itself. And, and the idea behind, uh, horror equity fund is we want to, we all beyond what we are already doing, which is taking in projects, helping them to, put the package together, identifying them and helping them find financing. We also want to be a source of financing in which case we would take a project and let's say you have a million dollar film and we can look at it and say we'll put in the first 25-30% or we'll put in the the whole enchilada and allow you to go make your movie. Um, Obviously it's a case-by-case basis and we have to fall madly in love with that project because we have to feel like it's going to be profitable and return money to investors.
0: Yeah, because th- this this is actually really great because my whole philosophy, and I've been getting told every different thing from different producers, different production companies, different industry professionals. Like some people say, don't raise any money for your movie. You've got to find the production company because they're going to want to go all in. And if there's, there's any strings attached to your project, it's going to turn them off of it blah, blah, blah. And then other people say like, Oh, well, you know, cash is King. Like what, you know, just getting any money into your project, like, you know, pulling your team together, whatever you can, that's just going to make you look more professional towards a potential investor, potential production company, whatever. So my whole like kind of approach is just spin like to just start raising the money. So I'm just pulling in whatever cash I can, putting it Mm -hmm. into my business bank account. I have my LLC made. I have my lawyer in place for the project. Um, I'm just trying to trying to build something, you know, and then hopefully find a partner to help me take it to the next step. So it's nice to hear that you guys do that kind of thing. Yeah.
3: Depending on how you're bringing the money into your LLC, which is the SPV, the special purpose vehicle that I uh, alluded to earlier. Um, It could help to have a somewhat flexible relationship with the money that you've raised, depending on the size of the budget, overall budget, and what they're bringing in. I mean, if if the money is positioned in such a way legally that it's more of a nuisance and an impediment to other people coming in, then that's exactly what's going to
0: happen. You're going to be blocked. Um, can, can, general, you, can you kind of tell me like what what would cause that block? Like how would the money be – how could the money be put into the LLC which would cause a problem for well, a potential investor? Well, it, it,
3: if, if you've agreed to a certain return on the, on the money with one person, with, with the first money that comes in, and that that deal, however, however you've construed it, um, sort of uh, is better than what the industry norm – is or it's in some way out of the industry norm then you're going to have a certain amount of trouble uh bringing other people in because they want to be at the same level of and or even better position depending
2: on how much money you've brought in yeah it's uh, also it's also the waterfall position you know what marlon's talking exactly about so right. if, if you if you have somebody who says hey you know i'll give you this money but i gotta get i gotta be first to out you know you have to be careful with the terms that you present for that, that investor. Now, you have, and,
3: a, you have a lawyer there, so that's going to help you. And uh, I'm imagining that the attorney will properly draft whatever paperwork. But you just have to be, it's something to be aware of. And again, these are services that we can help with, uh, our equity fund, because we can refer you to. Not We won't do the legal work in, inside uh, the company, but we'll refer you to people that we know are uh, going to give you a break on the price, and, they're gonna, and they do good work.
2: And and actually, can I go back to one other thing that you talked about in terms of raising the money? And I, you know, again, I am. It is always better when somebody has money in place and they're able to. But but you got to be a little bit careful in that you. We had a situation where a film came to us and it had, uh, on a two point, uh, two point three million, two point yeah, I think two point three million dollar budget. They had all but, but three hundred thousand dollars, and they came to us and said we're getting ready to shoot we need this money. Can you help us? And we said we, we would try and help them. They had what appeared to be a terrific package with some stars attached and fairly big names. And we actually, uh, they went ahead and started shooting with the, the $2 million that they had. And we got a call from them. Um, uh, we'd set up not one, but several investors that had all said, yes, we're interested in putting up that $300,000. And we got a call from them 45 minutes before we were supposed to get on a conference call with the investors. And they said, you know, that that 300000 it's a little bit more. And they said, well, how much more? And they said $1.8 million. So they had investors that had fallen out and they had already started to shoot. And when we started to do a little more investigation, one of the problems that came uh, about, we talked to some other investors who had already met with them, and they had in- informed us that they didn't care for the script. And, you know, you can rate, if you get friends and family, or you go out and you get money and you've got money, it doesn't necessarily mean that the project is ready to rock and roll. It's still got to go back to, do you have something that's going to grab people by the jugular? Do you have a story that's going to really reach out to an audience and if you have that and you have some money now you're off to the races
0: right well yeah but I I mean that that sounds like a special circumstance where you know uh, they said one thing and then they they came back with another thing you know Um, I mean it
3: happens more it happens far more often than you may think and uh, unfortunately we're in a position where we hear about it all the time Um, you guys are tremendously more professional than uh, a huge percentage of the people that are out there flailing around trying to find access. And that's why one of the first things in, in our quote unquote app is access to resources and access to information and access to consultants. And that's what horror equity fund, that's that's part of the huge value that we bring to our genre specific uh, area. And by the way, I should add that horror equity fund, it's a very elastic term. We do thrillers. We do things that, um, uh, if it if it in some way is related to horror and thrillers we, we'll take it in if it's a good project
2: it's horror adjacent yeah. take no, um, you know, and can, can I tell you one other real quick cautionary tale uh, we, please, we had please, a, please. We, we had a young filmmaker come to us oh, uh, I hate this sev- story. I, several I, oh, years ago oh my God with a film and it was a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar two hundred thousand dollar budget I think two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget and brought us to the film we read it and said, gosh you know it's not bad you need some work go develop it come back and about a year later we get a call from him he says i went off and i made the film and very excited about it came in on time on budget and it's complete and we have distribution for it and it's we've been given a minimum guarantee of the dollars dollars from the distributor i said well that's great congratulations kind of why are you calling us said, well, we need $200,000. I said, why do you need $200,000 on a film that's already been shot that has a $250,000 minimum guarantee? And the response was, well, in order to get that minimum guarantee, we need to have a star in the film. And because we didn't have a star in the film, we need $200,000 to pay a star $100,000 and spend $100,000 on reshooting that role.
0: Oh, (laughs) God. Terrible. So –
2: you know, the, he went ahead and made the script before it was ready. He didn't get the cast that he needed to put into the film. He was given this MG, which I, I'm I'm guessing anybody who says, well, yeah, if you get Brad Pitt, I'll give you an MG, that that's kind of the way it went. Okay. Um, and, you know, then they were coming looking for basically to double their budget so that they could reshoot, not add value, but so they could reshoot and put some name in it. It was just a terrible, heartbreaking situation. We went. We can't get involved in this. There's no way. And, and so- that's
3: and that's why we reverse engineer projects. Uh, we we go to distributors and find out early before money is put into the film, um, or more money is put into the film. We find out what's saleable, what's doable, and we try to uh, you know, give guidance and and, uh, and 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 we're and we stand next to the, to the to the content creator. Um, not in front of, but next to, supporting them, offering them resources, offering them guidance,
0: and reaching out on our own on their behalf. So, is I mean, you know, you, you got that filmmaker, you know, $250,000 budget, he brings a project, you're like, oh, it's not quite ready, uh, you should work on it some more. I mean, is there like some other kind of services or steps that you could take to like, you know, shepherd that project to make sure that like, you know, the next version of the story doesn't end that way, like that you help them develop it in, in a proper way? Or is it really kind of up to the filmmaker to, to make those decisions and to work on their script and not just, you know, jump headfirst into production?
2: Well, let, let me let me address that a little bit because on a case by case basis, if we feel like a project has enough going for it that we believe ultimately, done properly, it will be profitable, we'll take a look and say, you know what, this is worth giving notes on. And uh, you know, from my background, from the teaching background, from the filmmaking background, I try to give very clear and specific notes on the projects that we get involved in. You know, we're not, as a rule, right now um, script doctors, you know, we don't, we don't come in and try and rewrite or, or, or work with writers if they're not fairly far down the road. Um, but if they're close and it's something where we go, you know, geez, it's just a little bit, you know, if they just took a little bit further this direction or went a little bit further that direction, then absolutely we'll sit down, we'll talk to them. We did that with, uh, don't let the bed bugs bite. We worked, on the script we did several revisions with the writers um the other film that we're involved with right now called the family hurt we did the same thing we we took the the writers and um you know talk with them specifically about you know what where the strengths and weaknesses in the script were and what we thought needed to really occur in order to raise it to the next level and they generally listen to those notes but it's up to the it's up to them we're not dictating Terms of how they should write or what they should do—it's their project.
3: Unless we, unless, unless we, we produce option it, it and we're, we're yeah. going to produce it, and that's a different situation. Yeah, uh,
2: we we have tremendous
3: respect because of our background for content creators, but at the same and we bring other things to it. But at the same time, we're there with uh, a, a helpful hand or three.
0: Yeah. Nice, awesome. Well, um, I mean, I, I could probably talk to you guys for at least another hour with questions there's and so and many things. more things yeah.
1: to talk about. But but yeah, I I have two more questions, Eric sure. Um, do you have anything
2: else?
0: Uh, no. I mean, I I don't, I don't want to open the rabbit <laughs> okay. hole because there's so, there's, there's wait, wait, wait so much second. more to
2: talk what? about. But I let you you go okay. with your questions. But was that that was you? you said you had two. Was that one? Was of that one? what I was going to say the same <laughs> thing? Yeah, yeah. Now, so now I you have, have one
1: question. Three questions. Okay. Um, the the one question is a final question so i just want to ask this and this this might make me sound a little bit like an asshole and i'm sorry i apologize sure, in advance it. go for it but we've been talking a lot about like how the script needs to be good and i i went on to imdb and i looked at the rating for Starleaf, and uh-huh. for 485 users it got an average score of 3.6 out of 10 stars and uh-huh. i'm just curious to know how you guys explain that <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, and I'm asking it, also. From, I'm asking from a humble place because I also I, I made a movie recently that I thought the script was bulletproof and amazing, and then when it got done, I was like, mm, didn't really turn out the way I thought it would. Yeah,
2: so can I don't I, know if it's, it's let, a similar can I, can situation. Can I jump
3: on this one, Marlon? Yeah, <laughs> but I want to get—I want to weigh in also. But go ahead, Brent.
2: Of okay. course. Okay. So, so first, first and foremost, you know, everybody sets out to make the the best movie ever, right? That's that's always I your intention. That. Yeah. I yeah. Do. No, I I know one guy who doesn't, but mainly people <laughs> people go out they want to make the best. I know movie that guy ever. too. Yeah, I know. So, and and you know Starleaf there were two things what really intrigued us about Starleaf was the hook the idea of this idea that we could actually go into the 8000 legal marijuana shops throughout America and market directly to them the second thing you have to understand people don't give if you pardon the expression a rat's ass about you know, what the budget was, uh, how much it cost. They care about the experience (laughs) of what they saw in the theater or on their television or on their computer. Um, Starleaf was a film that costs significantly less than a nice car. Uh, You know, it was not a high-budget film. We felt like the script was actually very good. And when you take a script, and this goes back to the idea of you can make a great film from a great script – and you can make a bad film from a great script. They made a pretty good film from a good script. Yeah. So they you're saying if a... they
1: had more money and more resources, it would have been an even better movie. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I can tell you that the budget was fifty thousand dollars. Wow. And I can also tell you, having having made films that run the gamut from you know several million to nothing that it's really hard to make a film for $50,000. Yeah, I mean, and, I'm and, considering and
1: that, doing and, a movie and, for 50000 right and now. And that was inclusive
2: like, of some
3: marketing costs as well. Uh, um, yeah. And, and I was going to say something else about that. Um, you have to wonder who are the people that write reviews um, uh, and who have seen it. If you like the film, do you go out of your way to write the review of it? If you if you like it, I've shown this only if film, you love it. Well, I've shown this film to a number of people and family friends, etc. None of us have written reviews on it. They all enjoyed the film. Is it is it is it Citizen Kane? No, but it's a darn fun film to watch that has a certain amount of fright, has a certain moral and ethical message inside it, and uh, budget, regardless, is really nice to watch and to listen to uh they did a tremendous job doing it we were co-executive producers and we came in a little bit late in the process we didn't have our fingerprints all over it but quite frankly uh, and i'm not backing away from the film I, I think it's terrific for what it is and uh i i don't give a hoot about those reviews that are out there because we <laughs> also saw reviews that were terrific that gave it great reviews in fact it it it, it uh, on on Apple iTunes, it came out in number f- three or four when it first came out. Uh, with very high reviews, and then over a period of time, other people have trickled in. So whatever the reviews are, that's nice. I seriously urge people to uh, to look at the yeah, film. Yeah, and, and
2: yeah. I, also, also, I'd, I'd like to add that you know that was the very first film that we got involved in. Right. And part of it for us was we had an opportunity at a very low price point to get involved in a project that would be. A bit of a, a, a proof of concept for us so we weren't as you know as as we get our legs under us more we will be pickier mm-hmm.
0: yeah and that's the, you guys sound like real filmmakers yeah, and now then, but then uh, <laughs> like I'll do better but then next also one. I mean yeah, it was yeah. it was profitable obviously right So you're going to make a second one Is I mean that must be the case Oh, oh. Silence. there we
3: go um we, <laughs> we we we're not just we weren't involved in the distribution so i can't say whether oh, or not it was profitable okay. enough but i but i uh, and again that's why i said we came in late right. and we contributed rather limited services etc um but the film my point is that the film is good enough that we'd be interested in number two and uh the screenwriter is interested in number two uh whether that comes to fruition or not okay. we'll see um it, it it's again
0: uh, <laughs> watch the film it's it's yeah it's, uh,
1: surprising we, we
0: shouldn't judge movies based on ratings alone that's not fair to a movie yeah but
2: we do yeah. is, is, was, that is, is my point that's true. right like- yeah. people often do and and you know but Marlon actually one of the things that he brought up is that we, before the film actually hit the open market um, it was doing a little bit of a festival circuit and it was getting love letters in reviews and oh. in, in the writing reviews. And where we were, where we were looking at and saying, were, are they paying for these reviews? Yeah, How are they getting these reviews? That's actually, um,
3: it's, and that's an actual discussion that we had. It sounded as if the reviews that we were getting in during its festival days were practically paid for, which they weren't. Um, and we said, okay. And in fact, we asked the distributor uh, to pull it back from certain deals that had been signed so that we could do a platform, a a, a small platform release theatrical. And it wasn't in the cards. We didn't have the juice to do it at the time. Um, But I'm I'm shaking my head here because I I really like that little film. (laughs) <laughs> that's
1: okay yeah now you guys did a great job of explaining so yeah I, no I appreciate the, the, that. thanks for standing the,
0: up for the, your movie yes. that's pretty awesome yeah so now
2: so now back off <laughs> yeah, <Tim> seriously
0: <laughs>
3: just back off
0: yeah show I us you're you gonna make me sound right, like an yeah. asshole <laughs>
3: hey
0: look
2: um, you, know,
3: so, you know what they say about opinions and assholes yeah oh, everyone
1: has a, one yeah right. and no one wants to hear it that's so it. um last question i know we ne- we need to wrap this up because alrick and i have to go to to work but um this this is just kind of you guys came on the podcast, and I'm curious to know, like, what can we do to help? What can our audience do to help? Like, what, what's the message that you guys want want to put out there? Like, are you looking for filmmakers? Are you looking for investors? Like, wh- wh- where do we go from here together?
3: Uh, uh, let, let me start, and, and uh, let me start, and then Brian, you can clean it up afterward. Um, yes to everything. Uh, go to our website, register with Horror Equity Fund. We're not going to do anything but be in contact with you with interesting and relevant news. Um, We're gonna be starting our uh, campaign raise in about 30 days or so, and you'll get first notice on it if you register. Um, Keep on checking back. We think that there's a real opportunity here for people to come in and get in on the ground floor of something that's going to be rather terrific. We have spent a long time putting our dominoes in place. And uh, what we're looking for now is initially some, uh, some additional funding to uh, sort of flick the first domino and let everything go. We have an amazing array of consultants and key strategic partners. Um, and we have a nice slate of films uh, that we're working on, and other projects as well. We look at projects from a Gestalt point of view. How, how can they be expanded? Uh, and, uh remember us and this, if you're a screenwriter um, there's no reason why you can't send synopses in
2: yeah if if you're if you want to uh, submit a project one of the things that I would say is go to go to the website which is www.horrerequityfund.com. Um, there are places where you can sign up and keep in touch and that actually comes to us directly and we will respond to you and say hey you know, you have something, okay, send us a synopsis. We'll take a look at it. Um, right now because of the, the campaign, we're a little bit slower than usual, but you know, unlike your your people that don't get back to you for weeks at a time, we're pretty good about getting back to people. Um the other thing that I would say is follow us on Facebook, uh, and Twitter and Instagram. We're on all social media and we, we put up some fun and pithy little things here and there now and then, and we'd love for everybody to get involved. Um, last month, we did our first um, viral video uh, viral uh, photograph contest. We did a, a makeup contest, and we got some great makeup artists to submit photos, selfies. Um, so we'd love to be people to get involved and start engaging with uh, the audience and get people to interact with us in terms of what they, you know what they have that they'd like to share.
3: I think that you'll find Horror Equity Fund to be unique insofar as we are starting from the grassroots and remaining there with connections into uh, uh, independent Hollywood and the resources that we will be uh, offering are, are perfect for independent filmmakers.
2: Yeah. We, we want to be all things to that independent filmmaker, the guy who's you know sitting in Omaha, Nebraska going... Uh, you know how do I how do I get my movie made? Who do I talk to? How do I you know how do I get resources? How do I have access to people? You know yeah. there, we, we want to be that guy.
3: There's plenty of people in Los Angeles and New York who don't have access, and so <laughs> yeah. while Omaha is uh, it, it, it's true in Kansas City and, and Dubuque or wherever, there's plenty of people here too who don't have a clue, and and they can't. The system is not set up to uh, make it easy, and we're trying to centralize it to make it that much more easy for people to get their scripts read and produced. Wow.
0: Sounds fantastic. Cool. You'll be hearing well, from me
1: for sure. Yes, great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah, thanks, Marlon and, and, and Brian. Let, let us know when you want to do part two. We'll come back on. Okay, cool. All oh, right. Thanks, Ken.
1: Well, good luck with this. I think it's a really cool idea, and I'm excited to see where it yeah, goes. totally. Thanks so Thanks much. Thanks a lot, guys.
2: Thank you very much. And look for the highly rated Starleaf 2 yeah. coming to a theater <laughs> Star, near.
1: Starleaf, so we'll put the trailer in the we, show notes. We'll we, put we ha- uh, contact
3: we ha- info for you guys in, in the show notes. Good. And we have a film coming out that we, uh, that we executive produced uh, called uh, Z-Burbs, which is a comedy horror. It's a, a little bit more comedy than horror, but it's there. And uh, that's coming out
0: in I believe oh, cool. November. Awesome. Keep, okay, we'll keep cool our, our, awesome. our eyes open. Like I want to watch Starleaf, because I did I saw that trailer too. It looked interesting, you know. It's yeah. I'm telling it's you. A little, little sci fi action, I love it. Sci fi is my 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 jam. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like night All of right. the creeps. There you go.
1: <laughs> With weed. <laughs> exactly we. thank
3: you very much alright all right, guys all right. well I'm gonna thanks I'm gonna a...
1: do the, our little outro if you guys can just hang tight for just like one more Shh. minute sure. Um, sure thanks everyone for listening and thanks Brian and Marlon for being on the show and Ulrich for all your great questions uh, check out our website makingmoviesishard.com where you're going to find links to all the stuff that we talked about, including trailers to these guys' movies and their website and contact info. And if you want to get in contact with Ulrich and I, you can send us an email to podcast at makingmoviesishard.com or we're also on Twitter and Facebook with the handle at MMIH podcast. And uh, last thing is, if you like the show, don't like the show, you just have something to say going along with the whole review thing, just leave us a review on iTunes. You can just leave stars if you don't want us to read it on and you just want to let us know what you think about it. That really is awesome. We we, we appreciate it. And we have a few new reviews on there, which we're happy to report. Uh, we'll read them on the next episode that Alric and I do together alone. Yeah, thanks
0: so much, guys. And
1: that's it. That's the show. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thank you. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. We'll talk All right. to everyone next and week. We stop recording.